It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Ray White, the largest real estate and property group in Australasia. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio, also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. Well, it's a Monday, the 11th of April. The weekend has come and gone. I certainly hope that you had a great weekend. Coming up in just a moment, we're talking with Tony Alexander, an economist. Well, we've now got a general election date, which is May the 21st. Labour leader Anthony Albanese starts the election campaign as the clear favourite, according to the latest news poll. But it also reveals that the gap between the Liberals and the ALP is getting closer. Labour begins the election campaign with a two-party preferred lead of 53 to 47, which would see the Morrison government lose 10 seats and governance. Also, the news poll reveals that Labour's primary vote has now fallen to 37%. Now, that is a drop of more than four points in just over a fortnight. And the preferred Prime Minister numbers, Albanese fell three points to 39%, while Morrison rose one point to 44%. So lock it in. That date is now a reality. May the 21st is the day that you can have your say on who should lead Australia. It's the main centre forecast with propertybuyer.com.au. Yes, let's have a look at the weather forecast for Sydney, a possible afternoon shower with 27 degrees. Melbourne expecting some rain this morning with 18 degrees. Brisbane is the place to be, 29 degrees and fine. And a little cooler in Perth today, just 21 degrees and expecting a few showers. Don't forget about the Real Estate Breakfast Club, which is coming, and you can get your emails to us. All you need to do is email us to this address. At myrealestatepodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to put in the header, the Real Estate Breakfast Club, the Real Estate Breakfast Club. That email address again is myrealestatepodcast at gmail.com. We feature market updates, interviews and trends. It's your real estate podcast for breakfast. We are talking to Tony Alexander, a New Zealand economist. Good morning, Tony. Welcome to the Real Estate Podcast. Yeah, morning, Craig. Thanks very much for uh, having us on here. And you're in the Gold Coast, another Kiwi living a bit of a dual existence commuting. Tell us a little bit about this because you have bought yourself recently an apartment there. Yes, yeah. Well, what was it? it was about 14 or so months ago back in New Zealand. I was lying around drinking the rum and coke and thinking to myself, maybe we could get ourselves an apartment on the Gold Coast there because we've visited a few times as a family, me, the wife and five kids. So I went through the uh, listings, etc. and saw a pretty good looking building and bought an apartment off the plan. The building was finished around October last year and uh, paid the money across. But it wasn't until about three weeks ago we could actually get over here to see it actually exists. It wasn't an internet scam at all. I was so happy when the taxi door uh, opened up there. It's worked out pretty well. I'm looking out at the ocean at the moment. The uh, National Surf Life Saving Champs are on at the moment. So there's a whole bunch of people um, out there. And uh, of course, I guess I'm one of many people buying, in particular in this area, Broad Beach, south of uh, surfers on the Gold Coast. Lots of new buildings going up. A lot of people have already moved in from your Victoria and your New South Wales um, in particular. And a lot more still knocking on the door trying to find a place to buy as well. So pretty vibrant market here. 
And just how risky was that in your own mindset? Because you would have heard over the years how some people have been stung with different developers. So this is the first sort of risk sort of purchase like this that you've done? Well, the first off the plan, I bought a few properties before back in New Zealand. It's turned out okay. I did some research into the Morris Group, you know, the developers here, they had a good reputation. And uh, so I really had no great worries at all. I'd also owned a previous property here in uh, the Gold Coast as well, which I sold about three and a half years ago because the land value so close to the beach went through the absolute roof. And with only 18 units on about, I think, 1800 square metres or so, my land proportion shot up so much that as a foreigner, I was going to be paying an annual land tax, probably now to be about $10,000 per annum, you know, different rules for if you own and live in the property, if you're uh, an Aussie or a foreigner, and so sold it because I didn't feel like paying that amount to the uh, state government on an ongoing basis. And I've bought an apartment in a building, 27 floors, 113 apartments. My portion of the land is very small, pretty minimal chance I'll ever be hit with that particular tax again. And what about you? Let's just uh, bring our listeners up to speed because you used to actually work in Australia. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I, uh, I spent five years Canterbury University down in Christchurch, graduated at the end of 84, and New Zealand was pretty much going down the gurgler back then, uh, 1970s, early 1980s, so I was part of a massive brain drain out of the country that started around about 1975. Within three weeks after my last exam, I was working for the Reserve Bank of Australia across in Sydney. I found that pretty boring, left after about five uh, months and eventually became a graduate trainee with Westpac and ended up in their economics department. Uh, up until about 1987, still in Sydney. And then, of course, New Zealand was undergoing massive reforms from about you know, 1985 to 87, etc. Came back to New Zealand uh, to be an economist and to get a piece of land. You know, I didn't come back to New Zealand to make money. Hardly anybody ever does that. I came back to eventually own 10 acres, and, and I do and have done for a few decades uh, now. And as luck would have it, uh, I come back into New Zealand. The housing market's booming in 1987. The banks are throwing money all over the place, foam fear of missing out was through the roof. I was gripped by it and I bought myself a, a small property back then. No deposit. I ran four credit cards to the limit and told the bank I had a deposit and they, you know, the computer systems didn't exist back then. They said, oh, you've got a deposit. <laughs> Four weeks later, the share market crashed. So let's just say my uh, forecasting ability back then for house prices was not particularly flash, but I'd have done it again. I love the place that I had back then for six years. And talking about the brain drain, it leads into a relevant question, and that is, what is happening across the Tasman at the moment with New Zealand's brightest immigrating to Australia? We are now starting to come out of that big, dark COVID hole, and on the other side, New Zealanders are looking at their job prospects and saying, hang on, the same job and wages in Australia is a lot of the time not just marginally better, but substantially better. People at the moment, they're starting to apply and making that move. Yeah, definitely. This is a characteristic, I guess, for New Zealand. We pretty much all view Australia as part of the labour market we can go into. And as long as you don't have a you know, bad conviction or you're not already a 501 deportee out of Australia, um, you know, next week you can be uh, on a plane and uh, working anywhere um, across you know, where we are now in Oz. And New Zealand has a history where our migration numbers 
tend to get moved around a lot by Kiwis going overseas or coming back. In Australia, it's different. For yourselves, it's more definitely the migration policy of the federal government. For ourselves, we've had massive periods in the past, many occasions over the generations, where conditions are very strong in Australia, usually in the mineral sector. We Kiwis will hop across to Australia. We say to ourselves, I'm going to work here for three to five years, make a nest egg, and then go back to New Zealand. Well, most do not go back. There's about 650,000 Kiwi citizens and residents um, still uh, in Australia. And as I say, whereas in the past it was predominantly into the mineral sector, this time around, the demand is coming from virtually all sectors in Australia. You don't have enough builders, drain layers, carpenters, etc. You don't have enough uh, farm workers. You don't have enough shop people to work in the shops. You don't have enough people, obviously, in the rapidly growing mineral sector. You've got a missile factory to build, eventually a submarine base. Uh, you want to boost uh, the uh, armed forces about a third over the next few years. And we Kiwis, of course, we're being locked down. We're, well, sort of not able to get in and out of the country easily for two years. We want to do our OE, the overseas experience. And we also, with a soaring cost of living, high house prices, uh, rising interest rates, people are basically looking at earning some more money in Australia. And I think we're going to have some pretty big outflows from New Zealand at a minimum to Australia. Some go further afield, usually to London. You know, there have been certain years where it's really spiked with the migration of New Zealanders heading to Australia. One gets the sense that possibly this could be one of the largest exoduses out of uh, New Zealand to Australia, do you think? I think it will be one of the larger flows we've seen because the need in Australia with your unemployment rate below you know, 4%, New Zealand is 3.2%, the need is from such a range of sectors. And while in New Zealand, you, know, you can easily stay there and, and earn yourself a living, demand for labour is exceptionally strong, record shortages of employees out there. So many of us with our families, they have a history, or your cousins you have spent time uh, in Australia. We all have some familiarity. And so with a lot of us now travelling overseas, having a break, at least in, in, in Australia, for Australians, it'll be coming to New Zealand in winter for the skiing. I think that's going to be a wee bit of a boom. I think we are going to see some very strong numbers. And on average, for all countries, we tend to lose about 20,000 Kiwis a year to all countries, the net flows. To Australia, well, we can't get the numbers uh, any longer without the um, departure arrival cards we used to uh, fill out. But I certainly think it will be a pretty big flow over the next two to three years. And what about staffing labour availability? It's currently pretty poor, isn't it, in New Zealand? And that must be a real concern with people leaving. Uh, well, most definitely. If you're an Aussie uh, there and you're going to go skiing in the winter, uh, maybe you want to uh, uh, take a packed lunch because you're going to go to Queenstown. Uh, and I can assure you, if you flew in there right now, uh, stand in the CBD, close your eyes and point in any direction, the shop you're pointing at wants to hire you. I was down there three weeks ago and there are sort of four hire signs uh, virtually everywhere. There's a quarterly survey in New Zealand been running since the 1960s, the, the quarterly survey of business opinion. It's showing a, a record net 73% of Kiwi businesses are finding it hard to get skilled labour and a record net 61% are finding it hard even to get unskilled labour in New Zealand. And with a government which is looking at actually tightening up on migration into the country on foreign workers, and my warning to businesses in New Zealand is if you think it's bad at the moment for getting staff, you ain't seen nothing yet. You're going to have to rejig what you do and how you do it for that new reality of ongoing short of labour. 
So it certainly sounds like you're going to enjoy yourself anyway having that commute between New Zealand and Australia. Tony, we'll have to get you back next week because there's a range of other questions that I want to throw at you. But thanks for coming on to the Real Estate Podcast this morning. No worries, Craig. Thanks very much for having us. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. Thank you.